Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games Podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Renoy, joined... Andrea Renoy? Andrea Renoy. <laughs> You're super French now. <laughs> Andrea Renoy. Uh, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. How are you? Oh, uh, hello. Still here. I'm good. Good. Uh, we had a nice little pre-show today with our pre-show patrons. If you guys are ever interested in having some off-the-cuff conversations uh, with us, you can check out information on that at patreon.com slash what's good games. We do our weekly live streams ahead of the show recording. And sometimes we just leave the stream going and record this and record the show. We didn't this week because I had to go fix some stuff, but uh, some weeks. Um, it's good to be back. You guys yes. did a great job. Um, the Brit and Steimer show, back-to-back weeks. I'm Holding down the fort. <laughs> um, the good news is that we've got so many games to talk about, both in the fa- uh, the past weeks and in the coming weeks. I feel like this is always you know, prime time. It's actually kind of stressful trying to pick and choose what to play and what to shelve for later. Um have you had anything that's currently in your pile of shame that you're like, I'm going to get to that eventually? Uh, the only thing that I actually need to play is Valkyrie Chronicles. <laughs> uh, Valkyria. I was going to call it Valkyrie. I don't think it's Valkyrie. It's got an R or an A. Valkyria Chronicles Valkyria 4. Valkyria Chronicles 4. I have not touched it, um, but I have touched a lot of Greece. Ancient oh. Greece. Oh, well, we are definitely going to be talking about ancient Greece and stabby stab times in Assassin's Creed Odyssey in the second segment of the show. But we've got some news to talk about before we get there. And before we get to the news, I want to remind you guys that we are going to be making an appearance in the flesh at TwitchCon. That's happening next weekend in San Jose, California, here in the lovely Bay Area. We are going to be appearing at the show on Friday, October 26th. We're going to be doing a special appearance on the Spotlight stage at 2.15 on Friday afternoon, which you guys will be able to watch, of course, on Twitch. Uh, We'll have the URL and details on that on our social media channels. Plus, we're going to be doing a meet-and-greet watch-along. It looks like it'll be from 4.30 to 6.30. We are still finalizing the location, but it will be somewhere very close within walking distance of the convention uh, because our episode of the setup a brand new a brand new series that twitch is creating is debuting that friday uh we are the first episode which is very exciting it's going to be debuting at 6 p.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash twitch 
and it is an episode all about what we do here at What's Good Games when we stream. It shows behind the scenes of our studio and talks about the software that we use and some of the equipment that we use, which we get a lot of questions about. So we hope that you guys will tune in and join us for some of those TwitchCon festivities. If you're going to be in the TwitchCon vicinity and you want to come, let us know. Vicinity? vicinity that's not a word but that's okay vicinity just just rolling, rolling with it we'll probably make one of those facebook events and ask you guys to rsvp you know all that jazz we'll talk more about it of course and all that um, jazz next week but next week will be friday october 26th so. that's true so if you're listening then it's probably too late you unless you happen to live out now yeah. Well, if you guys haven't joined our Facebook group or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash what's good games or follow us on Twitter at what's good underscore games, those are the best places to keep up with what we're doing. Um, and we also are going to be doing some awesome live streams on Saturday, October 27th. Guess don't think we don't realize both TwitchCon and our streams are the weekend that Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out. We're aware. And if you need to miss the streams because you just must go ride your horsey around, we're not going to fault you for that. Or you could do both and you could watch us on your phone while you ride around on your horse. Exactly. Or maybe you just take your your food your food and water break while the stream is happening. Our happy hour stream is gonna be on Saturday, which we haven't we've only done a happy hour stream I think one other time on Saturday was when we did kind of funny prom. Um where we streamed in our prom dresses, which was kind oh, of fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um so we're gonna be streaming in costume on Saturday for our happy hour QA, which is open to all of our patrons. Again, patreon.com slash what's good games for all of the details on that. It'll be Saturday afternoon. And then if you guys have been missing out on our replay of Lights Off, our horror Let's Play series, which is we're reposting onto YouTube, please check it out, youtube.com slash what's good games. And we're gonna be doing a live stream of us playing spooky games. For Halloween, immediately following the happy hour Q&A. Q&A, because what better way to play scary games than when you, after you've had a couple cocktails? Right? I mean, that's the only time I will play it. Also, because you're forcing me to. But otherwise, I would not. But we'll be all together. We will. So, but when you say in costume, I hope you mean in a onesie that Brit is bringing for me. Or actually, wait, no, I left one there. You do. It's here, have, the black have, and white yes, one. Yes, the skull onesie. That will be my costume. Also, I have a variety of Halloween costumes that you will fit into. Oh, okay. That also works. <laughs> a cornucopia of Halloween costumes, you could say, um, that I have collected over the years and never really gotten rid of. I do. I did finally have to retire my Princess Peach costume that I wore so many times because it just got, it just got too many stains on it. I was like, you know. Ooh, yeah, it's a bit gross. Yeah, I was like, this must be like buffalo wing sauce. <laughs> Maybe that's margarita mix. Like, I don't know. There's like, just, there's just, just too suspicious much. chains. I'm not sure what they are. I think it's time to <laughs> retire, Miss Peach. Exactly. Um, so had to retire her, but um, John and I got matching costumes. Well, this they're year? not like, yeah, they're not like the same costume, but they are like a pair. A pair. Okay, yeah. Couples and costume, like, I'm not going to say what it is yet. It's from one of my favorite movies. Um but it's, I hope uh, it's that 80s it's really movie cute. with Michael J. Fox that you made me watch. The Secret of My Success? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is one of my favorite movies. But the, if we went in costumes as, as Helen Slater and Michael J. Fox, people would not know who we are. Oh, I know. But that's why I was like, I really hope it's that because it would be so obscure. No one would have any idea. 
Now, these are instantly recognizable costumes. Okay, fair enough. Um, especially because we have props and the props give it away. Ooh, I like props. I mean, I don't like carrying them around all night, but I like the idea of props. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But the costume is so comfortable that I'm okay with a prop. Fair. Um, but the prop could be construed as a weapon. So I'm not sure if we're going to be able to take it out or not. Uh, can you like do Deep the thoughts. thing cosplayers do and tag it with like an orange thing and then that it's known as fake? No, because technically it's real. What? <laughs> yeah, it'll all become okay. it'll all become clear. Uh, yeah, you could probably if you could hurt someone with it, you probably shouldn't break it out into public. These, yeah. you know, not not a good look. I guess I could try to find like a fake one. Um, anyway, I'm being very cagey, but we, you'll find out soon enough. And I hope that you guys have some fun stuff planned for Halloween. If you guys are into to spooky stuff, um, I'm just looking again, forward to round two of candy corn martinis. Which we've oh, yeah, decided. I the supplies. We're gonna wait. What? I gotta get the candy corn. Yeah. I don't have any. I just hung some of my Halloween lights today at, around the house, which is which is fun. I pulled out the the really ridiculous pumpkins that we decorated God. Uh, last year because I kept them per Brittany's request, and I'm making her take them home with her. Good. <laughs> when she comes next week, you know she's gonna bring a massive suitcase. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's the running joke that we have with Brittany is that whenever we travel with Brittany, either to shows or when she comes to the studio, she brings this gigantic suitcase. Like, like I could fit into it. Yeah, that's Easily. not even an exaggeration. They're the kind of suitcase that you would bring if you're traveling for like three weeks and that you knew, if you fill it up, you know, it's going to hit the 50 pound mark just because it's that big. Not even if you weren't putting heavy things in it. It's just giant. And she brings this for like a 48-hour trip. And I'm like, girl, girl, what, what are you, you doing? doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What is in there? You're here for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like debating just leaving a few t-shirts at your house, showing up in one pair of jeans and like just, just fucking like bringing a backpack. Like, why do I need anything? I have. Exactly. All your toiletries are here already. Yeah. You can just wear my t-shirts. It's fine. It's true. You do have a big closet. I could literally just get on a plane and go to Andrea's house like with probably just my makeup and be fine. It's true. I can't replace your skincare products. You no. have a whole routine. The toiletries I will put in the backpack will be okay. See, we got a plan, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Um, all right. Enough of housekeeping. Let's get to the news. And this week, it is brought to you by one of our fantastic sponsors here at What's Good Games, StitchFix.com. I love Stitch Fix. And I know uh, Britt and Steimer have talked about Stitch Fix as well. And you guys may have heard about it maybe on another show that you listened to. But in case you weren't aware, Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that finds and delivers clothes, shoes, and accessories to fit your body, budget, and your lifestyle. I most recently got an adorable pair of Ked sneakers in my Stitch Fix box right before I left to go to Italy. And I got a long sleeve cotton dress, which is super comfortable. And it's in this beautiful like wine color, like this nice deep red. And the Ked sneakers are this nice deep red. And then they have like this really neat floral pattern on them. It's one of their new designer lines from Ked's. And I got so many compliments on these sneakers when I was in Italy. And I got them because they were in my Stitch Fix box. So if you guys are interested in having somebody help you shop, 
because putting outfits together is difficult or maybe you just don't have time or maybe you just hate shopping and you just want somebody to do it for you. You can go to stitchfix.com slash what's good. Tell them your sizes, what styles you like and how much you want to spend on each item. You're going to be paired with your very own personal stylist who will handpick items to send right to your door. Then you'll try them on and pay only for what you love and of course return the rest. Shipping exchanges and returns are super easy and always free. There's no subscription required and you can sign up to receive scheduled shipments or get your fix whenever you want, which is the way that I do it. I just kind of pick a date whenever I'm feeling like I want something new. And then they ship me a box full of goodies. The styling fee is only $20, which is applied towards anything you keep from your shipment. And you can get started today at stitchfix.com slash what's good. And you'll get an extra 25% off when you keep all items in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash what's good to get started today. One more time, stitchfix.com slash what's good. All right. So as I mentioned or maybe I mentioned it in the pre-show and I didn't mention it here. It's kind of a light news week. We had a little bit of a kerfluffle at the very beginning of the week surrounding Rockstar, which we're going to talk about. But then, you know, it was mostly just more Fortnite news. Did you see that Ninja was on Ellen this week? Yes, I did. I mean, I didn't watch the segment I just saw on Twitter. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I've been seeing his Samsung commercial everywhere, too. I'm like, good for you, Ninja. Get the money while the iron's hot, man. Dude, yeah, like, uh, somebody, I was talking to someone the other day, and I was like, it's sort of like professional sports in in a way. Like, you need to rack up as much money as you can because you've got a relatively short shelf life for this type Mm -hmm. of career. Um, Unless you're Bernie Burns, (laughs) Rooster Teeth, and you, like, actually build the business and do all sorts of things. But uh, for people like him, like, they, you can burn out and be gone. So, like... Get that money. Sit well, on top and of nobody it. Nobody knows, you know, like what's going to happen to Ninja if he decides to transition out of Fortnite, right? Like he right. clearly was streaming and making videos before Fortnite became a thing. Fortnite was just what what launched him into this like stratospheric position, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know that Fortnite's going to be a bubble, right? Like it's they are so huge right now, but like. What's the stain power going to be? You know, even major games like Minecraft or League of Legends, you know, like they still have to go out and, you know, look for users, you know, because they're not, you can't maintain this kind of like white hot that they're burning at forever. So, um, but good for him. I'm happy to see um, a kid who's worked really hard have all that success. So um, we're not going to talk about Fortnite, though, because I don't know what shenanigans are going on in that game every week. They're always changing stuff. I do want to talk, though, about Rockstar Games and Red Dead Redemption 2's apparent crunch that they are working on. So there has been so much follow-up and fallout um, over a quote that happened early this week. So I'm going to read the... Um, kind of overview that was written up at Polygon in case you guys have missed any of what's been going on. Rockstar Games renewed 
Oh, excuse me. Rockstar responds to blowback over Red Dead Redemption 2 team's 100-hour work weeks. Rockstar Games renewed the ongoing conversation of game industry crunch after co-founder Dan Hauser suggested in a New York Magazine interview that the development team worked multiple 100-hour weeks on Red Dead Redemption 2. In response to the backlash, Hauser sought to clarify his comments, although those concerned about crunch at the studio may not be satisfied. New York Magazine's story about the making of Rockstar's new Red Dead noted that writing and edits on the game script were immense with Hauser explaining quote we were working 100 hour weeks quote earlier this year Hauser told the magazine that the entire script of Red Dead if stacked would be eight feet high and that the game features 500,000 lines of dialogue the game's NPCs have 80 page scripts said writer Laszlo Jones Game developers, writers, and others criticize what read as flippant, even boastful, admission of overwork at Rockstar. Quote, if you are crunching, the people above you are not doing their job correctly or are incapable of doing it correctly at all, end quotes, tweeted Adam Orth, who developed the VR game Adrift. There are the problems... They are the problems, not you. You can usually spot them a mile away before you even set foot in the studio. Interesting that he was taking to Twitter about this, given his history on controversial tweets. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Dylan Wildman, who worked at Grand Theft Auto V before leaving Rockstar, wrote, The only way, quote, the only way to fix the problem is from the very top. We need to move away from traditional release calendars and hype, end quote. Reached for comment, Hauser explained that he was only referring to some of the game's writers when discussing 100-hour weeks. Here's Hauser's statement. So I'm not going to read his full statements because it's kind of long. But the um, the important parts are he refers to his writing team saying, as we always do, we had three weeks of intense work that we wrapped everything up. Three weeks, not years. We have all worked together for the last 12 years now and feel we need this to get everything finished. After so many years of getting things organized and running on this project, we needed this to check and finalize everything. More importantly, we obviously don't expect anyone else to work this way. Across the whole company, we have some senior people who work very hard purely because they're passionate about a project or their particular work, and we believe that passion shows in the games we release. But that additional effort is a choice and we don't ask or expect anyone to work anything like this so i'm calling bullshit on that in just a second sure hearing people uh continuing on with the story hearing people in game development talk proudly of the number of hours they average a week as if it were a badge of honor and they were admirable survivors is not totally uncommon what is though is what it is though is dangerous an implication that spending almost all of your waking hours working is something worth bragging about um over at gamesindustry.biz they had a little bit of follow-up uh former telltale and rockstar employee job stofer acknowledged that he had left the company in 2009 but stated that rockstar in the gta 4 era was, quote, like working with a gun to your head seven days a week. Be here Saturday and Sunday, too, just in case Sam or Dan come in. They want to see everyone working as hard as them, end quote. While Stouffer acknowledged that Rockstar should get the benefit of the doubt due to the time that has elapsed since he departed, he also said that, quote, I've heard this from dozens of folks in recent years that it continues, and I'm not surprised. It was the most ruthlessly competitive and intense work environment imaginable end quote another developer stated that he had left rockstar two years ago because quote the same shit was in play gta online just meant endless crunch one dlc into the next end, end quote so woof man this is turned into um 
a, a kind of like a galvanizing force and it has just redrudged up all of the unionizing conversations that the telltale uh, fiasco kind of brought up. Um, Steimer, as yeah. somebody who's worked at a developer, what is your take on this? Um, it okay. Well, <laughs> like when about, you, I mean, about you don't Rockstar need to speak, in general it, or about crunch in the industry or yeah, I would say just about. Let's talk about specifically about crunch and how it relates to the work environment. Clearly, Hauser here is trying to say that. It was just him and his executive writing team that were crunching. But we all know that that's not the case, right? Um, and we all know that if your boss is crunching, you're not exactly rushing to punch your ticket at 5 p.m. and walk out while your boss is still crunching after you every single night, right? Yeah, like that's exactly. A bad, that's a bad look. Um, so did you, at any of the developers you felt, and obviously you don't, I'm not asking you to like name names, um, you know, to put you on the spot, but did you ever feel crunch pressure that you know you had you were obligated either officially or unofficially to kind of stay and work overtime not to this this extent but yeah um definitely in general there's always that like kind of just what you were saying like if if the team is crunching even if technically like your role is dependent on somebody else and you can't necessarily do your job like you you feel weird and guilty leaving uh, or at least I did. I guess I should, I'm just speaking for myself. Um, but it was never... I've never worked a crazy crunch like the stories that you hear in the industry. Any quote-unquote crunch that I've ever done has been fairly short, um, which has always made it like pretty manageable. And I think in some respects, like it's expected, even like in, in literally every job I've worked in this industry, which is most of the things you can do in this industry... Uh, there's always been a time when you are working crazy hours, but mm-hmm. um, again, it's usually not f- for like, extended periods of time. Or at least it should not be for you. Shouldn't be crunching for months and months. That's that's first off, just not um, unhealthy. It's not healthy. Yeah, it's not sustainable, and you're going to burn people out. And it's uh, usually if you see a lot of people like leave a studio after a game ships, so that's probably why they're they like crunch too hard. The crunch is the crunch is real in certain for certain people. And I, I mean, I've heard I've heard enough stories from my friends who work in dev. Uh, but then it's also such a bummer because like I, I don't completely agree with what Orth said. I do agree to an extent. Like I do think some crunch. I wouldn't want to say necessary, but um should be somewhat expected a small amount i will say uh just because like software development's hard and sometimes you do run into shit that you kind of weren't really expecting but i will say that i agree that i think in general the industry is bad at scoping and that's why there tends to be such bad crunch uh because everybody and a lot of people are very passionate about what they do and so like the things just get really bloated and they're like well what about this and what about this and like there's the everyone's like yeah but then no one's sitting there looking at like shit this is going to take us way too long we'll never get anything done in time um so it just needs to be i think a little bit better it needs to be better managed uh and unfortunately in my experience in the industry a lot of managers don't have a lot of management experience so it's just a lot of people who have kind of yep been there a while and have been bumped up 
which doesn't necessarily give you the training that you need in order to figure out how to manage other people's times and what they're working on and priorities and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of my take on it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I see what you're saying here. And I had tweeted about this when, you know, the story kind of broke early this week and I got some really interesting responses from people um you know tina sanchez who has worked in the video games business for a while who we both know i've interviewed her several times uh, particularly when she was working on the call of duties franchise um kind of talked about her experience and how they had to scale at infinity ward you know for one team to four teams because the scope at the end of the project got way bigger than they anticipated it getting when they started and that's very common in video games that you know, when you're getting closer to launch, either you want to add extra features or you run into some technical problems that you couldn't foresee. And you can't just necessarily bring on contractors at the last minute and get them up to speed on the project. You kind of have to roll with the team who has been working on it. And that's just kind of unavoidable. And that's why crunch is so prevalent in video games in particular. And um, another really interesting response that I got when I was uh, kind of looking at things, things that everybody was saying to me was um, from somebody who works in IT. Uh, let me pull it up here. And it was, uh, it was really interesting because I think that was the gut reaction from a lot of people was outrage, right? This outrage. Yeah, it's a knee-jerk that, reaction, especially because yeah. the quote didn't give context at all in terms of like, they're just, we're working hundred hour weeks and you're like, how long and also why <laughs> but like uh, that, even even in crunch that seems extreme but um yeah i think i think him just kind of like offhandedly mentioning it is was, was poor poor move bro which i'm well, sure he knows now yeah i mean it was it was poor and I, like it i think what it, a lot of people you know are trying to get get rockstar to recognize is like this idea that you shouldn't be bragging that you've worked a hundred hour weeks, even for three weeks in a row. I don't know that right? he like, was bragging so much. I think it's not the bragging. I think the dangerous part is it was normalized. It's normal. That's why he didn't think much of it. That's why he said it, right? He didn't right. think this would be a story. He thought this is normal. This is how you're supposed to work. So it was just like, it would be like if I was like, oh yeah, you know, I had a slice of pizza today. And you're like, it, like to him, I'm sure that that's kind of like the level of the of benignness of what he said, right? It's just like, right. yeah, this is yeah, we worked 100 hours, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah, why why would you not? I think that's that is more dangerous than anything else is just being like, this is how it is. What do you mean? Yeah, and I I, I want to come back to that that danger of, of normalization in just a second because I did find this this tweet. When I was talking about like, you know, of all studios, Rockstar certainly has money to scale their workforce, either with salaried people at the beginning of the project or contract people at the end, regardless of their choice, they have the money to, to pay for it. And then um, at Morphman SL wrote back to me and says, working in IT myself, I can tell you that it's not about the amount of people who work on it. Try writing a poem, then try writing a third of a poem, taking over from another person who wrote the first third and will finish it after using specifications from a third person. Then imagine doing that, but the poem was written in a coded language and is 15,000 lines long and takes 20 months to write. And you're 10,000 lines and 19 months in. Will it help to bring in more people? Will the poem be better 
No, it's and a great point because a lot of, again, software development in particular is really tricky because if you, because coders use, like they all have their like different sort of styles, if you will. And not everyone know like you can have a piece of programming and have another engineer come in and look at it and have them be like, what did they do here? I've worked at so many places where like that's happened and someone has left and not provided documentation and no one knows how the fuck this thing works. Like no one, no one knows. No one knows how a thing works. And I'm like, how is it possible that no one knows how this thing works? And it's like, well, the engineer left and you're like, the fuck like the engineer just left and so like now we have a thing we can't use because no one knows how to use it like that's that's a real thing engineers the most uh, valuable position in video games um <laughs> at least that's what geo Corsi told me yeah he said engineers man animation engineer i think specifically he said mm-hmm. is the job that if you want to if kids you're thinking about going into video game school that's the job you want <laughs> do you want to work these hundred hour weeks <laughs> oh no well at least she'll make money i guess um yeah that's, but, a, that's um, the other thing to consider too like do are these people salaried are they getting overtime like for you need to make sure that if you are asking crunch of your team that you are taking care of them monetarily and you're not just like you're salaried fuck off absolutely and i mean and even like the i think that's why people are so kind of you know, amped up about this because in the wake of the telltale fallout where you had a bunch of those people who were salaried saying, I worked a bunch of overtime, I did crunch on these games and look what I got for it. A whole lot of fucking nothing, yep. you know? And they're like, so be wary if an employer asks you to crunch or work overtime, make sure that you're going to get some kind of benefit from that. And I think that obviously varies, you know, studio to studio. And I don't want to make any kind of generalizations about how Rockstar treats their employees financially because I honestly have no idea or insight into to that whatsoever yeah um, i can only hope that they're all well taken care of given the financial success of that studio and its parent companies um but i, I want to touch again on what you said about normalizing this kind of behavior because it comes back to what these two developers said at the end here about saying that you know even though you know dan hauser had said hey, you know, this is just me and my small team of four people who are working these hours. We don't expect other people to do this. That's such an easy thing for him to say as the guy at the top of the food chain at that studio to be like, I'm going to work this, but you don't have to. As somebody who probably would look up to him, I would imagine if you work at Rockstar Games, it's because you're passionate about the projects that they're working on and their legacy as a studio. And you look up to the houses and go, hey, you've built something really amazing, something historic and record-setting in the industry. I want to impress you. (laughs) So if they're working 100-hour weeks, you aren't going to be punching in at 9 and punching out at 5. You know, that's just not the way it's going to, you know, work. And I think that pressure is the thing that people at the top, people in leadership positions need to be aware of and they need to address. You know, that not to say that they should be working less. I would never tell, you know, somebody who runs their own business to work less because, hello, we run our own business here and we work a lot. But I would say, you know, just be mindful of the people that are underneath you that maybe can't work as you do and maybe don't get the financial windfall when the game ships 85 million copies around the world. They 
they don't get to take home millions of dollars. You know, they take home their salary and maybe they get a, a nice little bonus, but they're not going to get what you get. So be respectful of that and maybe try to lead by example and make sure people know to take breaks, maybe institute mandatory breaks. Be like, hey, like we're going to need you to crunch here, but then we're going to force you to take this many, this many days off. Like shut the whole studio down. Yeah. Or I don't know what the solution is, but find something. The problem is, um. so I think the last guy, Josh, I'm not even going to pretend to try to pronounce his last name. It's very... Matt Jaswoski? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's Slavic of some kind. Uh, and it's uh, saying like GTA Online. So the problem is like, so... Back in the day, <laughs> you release a video game and you're done. Maybe you patch it for like some bugs or something, but for the most part, you're done. The game is finished. Maybe you have a DLC team at some point later when DLC starts becoming a thing. But now you run into this bitch of a problem where most games that launch are a game as a service in a way. So like Rock, like uh, Red Dead is going to do the same thing GTA Online did. There's going to be a Red Dead Online, right? And so like that team is just on forever working on a games as a service game. Like you never have that reprieve of like, ah, yes, I'm done with the thing. I will take three months vacation now because I just worked so much that all my hair has turned gray. And I, I just think that like that's that's another problem that teams haven't really solved yet because it is sort of a newer thing um to the industry because before again you just you shipped it and then you're like sweet i'm out yeah and now it's like nah you gotta <laughs> we have um get we have back all on this the horse content. you thought you were done riding but you're not no you gotta keep going keep going i have heard of teams like splitting um so like the the online team will have like a couple different that will rotate that seems like a decent plan to me. I don't know how well that works and or what they're doing, but um, there's certainly ways around it. You just need to have a management that foresees this as an issue and and goes to problem solve it. Right. And like I've just had I've just heard from so many developers, you know, talking about their experiences. And I want to be hopeful that there'll be a solution sometime soon, but I don't know. I don't think there will be for all of the reasons you were talking about earlier that just because of the way that this industry is built that, you know, crunch is just an, an, an inevitability, you know, mm -hmm. like it's just, it's going to happen. I think we just need to learn ways to mitigate it and to minimize it and figure out like if we do have to incorporate crunch even a little bit, like how do we make it as the least painful as possible? Um, and how do we make sure people are fairly compensated for their crunch time? Yeah. You know, I think that that's the biggest part. Bug flying in my face. <laughs> um, but I think obviously a payment is an issue. I think also if you're asking people to work that hard providing food, but that is not pizza, do not feed your people pizza for three months. What are you thinking? Nobody wants pizza for three months. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Well, maybe you. John Drake does. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's not good for you. And like, yeah, like, like take into the, and sometimes even, you know, mental health bonuses or whatever, massages, like something. Like give them things because they are literally breaking their backs for you. Exactly. Word. Um, well, hopefully there won't be any more controversy. Obviously, Red Dead Redemption 2 is out um, in a week. 
Mm-hmm. That's crazy to think about that we're finally here. I know that there were some people calling for a boycott on the game. Um, I don't think that that's necessary. I think that we don't have, you know, enough details from people inside the studio to call for a boycott. But listen, if you feel strongly about something and you don't want to support Rockstar, that's 100% your prerogative. You do you. Um, if you choose to not play, um, that's that's your decision. And uh, we will support you in it. But for now, we're going to move on to the next story. Discord is back in the news. Discord launches their game store beta worldwide and Nitro subscription service. So this is kind of exciting news for them. So this write-up comes from Colin Stevens over at IGN. Discord has officially announced it's launching its game store worldwide, bringing both well-known games and first-on-Discord titles that are launching exclusively on this service for PC. Its Nitro subscription service is also receiving a library of over 60 games that can be played for $10 a month, launching with games from Play Dead, Double Fine, and Deep Silver. Well-known games coming to the platform include Dead Cells, Into the Breach, Hollow Knight, Celeste, The Banner Saga 3, Frostpunk and more. Announced first on Discord titles include Sinner, Sacrifice for Redemption, Minion Masters, King of the Hat, Bad North, and At Sundown. And um, just to be clear, the first on Discord is first on PC, uh, not necessarily first to launch. Um, Quote, being first on Discord title is an opportunity to bring King of the Hat directly to our community in the place where we know they spend their time. It's amazing to watch people forge new friendships while playing and for us to connect with that community in real time in our official server. End quote, said Ben Pelevsky, the vice president of Business Corp Incorporated. Discord is also releasing its universal library today, allowing users to launch all of their PC titles from Discord, regardless of where the game was purchased. Discord will continue adding new features and updates to its core voice, text, and video chat functionality. Um, This is really exciting news because uh, we've been fans of Discord for a while. It was... Uh, it's, it, it is the service that I use whenever I am trying to cross-play, particularly with my friends that play on PC and I'm playing on PS4. I use it a ton during my Paragon days. Uh, we have our Discord, discord.gg slash what's good games. We have an awesome crew of folks in there. I pop in there from time to time. If you're ever, you know, looking for people to squad up with or just people to chat games with and you've got Discord going, we have a, a great community there. Um, and the thing that a lot of people don't know about Discord is that they haven't really had a lot of opportunity to make money yet. Mm. <laughs> yes. The age old thing of how do I run a business and make money? How do we make this thing profitable? Um, obviously, you know, the Discord Nitro subscription has been around for a while. You could get a handful of, of, you know, custom things, you know, the gift for your avatar and uh, a variety of other things. And now they're upgrading that. There is still, I believe, a $4.99 option for that. But uh, the $10 one is where you get access to the games. But more importantly, the store. Uh, Do you think that this is the right call for Discord? Do you think that they're going to be able to challenge like a good old games or even a Steam? I have no idea. That's honestly what I was like, oh man, are you coming for Steam? Or is this, is this what you're trying to do here? I mean, can anybody come for Steam at this point? I don't I think so. I feel like they've solidified their position. No, I think it's sort of like they've definitely got a decent little catalog going here. Uh, so it's sort of more of like the humble bundle of of uh, voice of digital video chat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to call them. Uh, but I do love Discord. I think it's a great platform. Uh, I find 
this a little weird, but that's if people what, like the, it, uh, want the, it. The store service? Yeah, just because when I think of Discord, I don't think of wanting to purchase a game from there. I just think of it as a voice chat, video chat service. So the fact yeah. that they're kind of branching off into trying to see what a storefront looks like for them is interesting. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I don't run Discord. I don't know what I would have done. I, I hear you like, yes, they need to make money somehow. Got to figure figure that uh, age old question out. But yeah, I'm curious to see how this will do. If people are like excited about they- it or... Yeah, well, I guess they could become competitive if they offer a more competitive split for the platform fee than, you know, the other two do. Right now, obviously, Steam's... The the cost to publish on Steam is pretty low because Valve makes so much money that they're just kind of like, we don't need to really rake you over the coals, but we still need to take, you know, some money from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's an argument to be made that you know, maybe Steam should be charging more money for people to publish, so there's not so much garbage on Steam. Yeah, there's a lot um, of garbage. But I think what this is doing is serving an audience that likes to keep their Discord open all the time, continuously, to say, hey, do you live in the Discord ecosystem? Do you want to make it more convenient for your gaming lifestyle, particularly for streamers, right, who are using Discord on on the daily, like being able to launch games directly from Discord. That's and not cool. having yeah and like not having to use all these extra launchers yeah like battle.net or you know epic games launcher all the variety of launchers that are out there these days so that's a really nice feature um and then you know i think how they're going to build their library and these games that they're getting first on discord um could be really really interesting to watch so um congrats to them on launching this beta i believe it's available in all territories that discord is available in so if you guys want to check it out let us know what you think we're always down to hear your thoughts. You can write to us um, at contact at what's good games.com. You can write to us at what's good games.com slash dear WGG. You can tweet to us. Um, you can do all of these things. Uh, you can do whatever yeah. you want to do. Exactly. Um, we have one more story, but I'm going to pull up something really quickly while I'm doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, sure. You don't have to like vamp or anything, but you can if you want to. I love a good vamp. That's such an interesting word. Vamp. Vamp? Yeah. Do we know where it came from? Uh, No, my brain goes immediately to vampire, but that can't be correct. No, yeah, it can't, right? Right? No, Um, it can't. Let me see. Let's look up the definition. The vamp. Oh, I didn't know this. It's the upper front part of a boot or a shoe. And in jazz and pop, wait, what? Yeah, hmm. interesting. And then a, a short, uh, simple passage of music. So it actually has nothing to do with stalling for time, but you, it's just short. It's a short, simple passage of music. Well, there <laughs> you usually go. repeated several times until otherwise instructed. So it's like, it's sort of a, a musical time filler. I guess. Oh, I get it. You know, like in music, like if you're doing something live and yeah. like the singer like needs an extra bar and you just like loop it or yes. whatever. It is that. That's what a vamp is. I well, learned something today. The more you know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. So the final story. Um, I pulled this one because I thought it was interesting. 
given all of the chatter around crossplay in the recent weeks. Um, Psyonix is preparing for Rocket League crossplay on PlayStation 4. This write-up comes from Stephanie Fogel over at Variety. Uh, Rocket League developer Psyonix said it's now preparing its popular vehicular soccer game for crossplay on all platforms after Sony's recent decision to allow crossplay in select titles. Uh, their crossplay feature is called Rocket ID and was originally scheduled to launch this year. But the studio decided to push the release into early 2019. It wants to ensure that Rocket ID is operating flawlessly first, it said in a September progression update. Quote, the good news is that with Sony's recent announcements regarding full cross-platform functionality, we can now make additional changes to prepare Rocket ID for all platforms should we receive permission to do so. End quote. We're working incredibly hard to ensure that it's as intuitive, stable, polished as possible before releasing it to the world. We know the wait has been frustrating for many of you who are eager for this feature, and we thank you for your patience. Um, obviously, you guys know right now Sony is allowing crossplay in Epic Games' hugely popular Battle Royale title, Fortnite, but it will likely add more games in the near future. It's currently holding an open beta for the feature, saying it wants to be mindful about the user experience from both a technical and a social perspective. Um, and then they go on to talk about um, John Cadera's statement on the PlayStation blog when they announced crossplay. Um, Psyonix has detailed the rest of its plans for 2018, which include a rocket pass, which starts in December. And if you guys missed the news from earlier this week, they also re- are releasing on November 1st, I believe, the new RC set for Rocket League, which is the actual remote control replica cars from rocket league that work on a on a this little like soccer stadium and it comes with a ball and oh my god like, little what? nets and everything it actually looks really that seems, cool that seems kind of fun like i'm more yeah. interested in that than in the video game an actual rocket league yeah right now it's just 1v1 um i i was just watching buy multiple the trailer. ones and then get more cars and then make them all right? go just gotta make it a little bit bigger uh, I'm definitely worried that if I was to buy something like this, that I would probably crash them instantly and break them. <laughs> I mean, I, I would hope that they are built with a little bit of bumper car capabilities because they're going to crash into each other. Yeah. Um, I brought this up because obviously the issue of crossplay is something that we've been talking about for a long time. And Psyonix has been particularly vocal about the desire to have crossplay in their game um, on PlayStation 4, obviously the platform that they really debuted Rocket League on um, with PlayStation Plus way back when, which really kind of helped, you know, (laughs) skyrocket them, pun intended, to success, um, to the success that they have now. Um, What I find really interesting about this... Is that they don't have permission to do it yet? Well... Not only that, that obviously they're still testing things out with Epic, but that the team at Psyonix has been kind of cocky about this, being like, whatever, whenever Sony's ready, we're ready. We'll just flip the switch. But like now Sony's ready pretty much. And they're like, well, even if they gave us the go ahead, we're going to wait until next year. And I'm like, hmm, were you actually ready or were you just like peacocking a little bit trying to be like hey we're ready for crossplay we can do it um i think maybe uh well i don't know it might have to do with the way the ids work when they're like oh actually shit we have like some other things to do we didn't think about um but 
No, I just, my favorite part is just the statement of like, we'll make additional changes to prepare this for all platforms. Should we receive permission to do so? And it's like, wait, what? Like you're, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse here, which I appreciate because it would be shitty to get the go ahead and not have anything ready and be like, okay, yeah. please hold. Like we're going to go get this done. Um, yeah. But I think it's, I think it's funny that they're talking about it before actually having a any sort of agreement from it doesn't sound like they have even an ink anything yet they're just like we're working on this thing because we trust that they will give it to us at some point yeah i mean but it's it's something that's interesting is how like the technical um back end works for cross play right like it, epic was able to turn it on right away because of the epic id system that they have right so like i have my psn id but i have it linked to mm-hmm. an epic id yep and that's what epic uses in crossplay um and that's why i'm hopeful that some other um games that have external id systems like bungie.net hint hint destiny <laughs> crossplay um could, will maybe happen someday um i mean i'm not holding my breath but you no, know you shouldn't i mean don't hold your breath in general it's unless you're underwater <laughs> It's not good for you. Um, but um, but yeah, so I thought that that was interesting. So Rocket League fans out there, it sounds like you won't have too much longer to wait. Early 2019 is surprisingly not well, far away. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> just because they're done doesn't mean it's going to be launched in early 2019. They're going to have well, it ready to go in 20, early 2019. Sony needs to I tell have, them yes or no. Yeah, but I have to imagine that this beta is not going to go on for that much longer. I don't right. know, man. It's Sony. <laughs> Fucking knows. Touche. <laughs> how Touché. long? How long has it taken us to get here? <laughs> oh wait, crossplay is a little different. I'm thinking. I'm. I'm meddling it up with the uh, IDs. But PSN yeah. ID yeah. change. Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna change yours? No. I thought long yeah. and hard about that name, and it <laughs> is sticking with me. Yeah, I'm not gonna change mine either. Um. I had an old one that I would have loved to have changed, but I just abandoned it years ago and started a new one. I legitimately um, took, I think, a couple weeks to like sit and think about my gamer t- for it's both. It's the same on Xbox and uh, PlayStation uh, because I just I it felt like such an important decision to me at the time. I was like my early twenties, and I'm like, oh my god, what do I want to be known on? Like known as online for the rest of my life and right? you know i have to say it paid off i'm pretty pleased well good well it's, it is a great tag um i think that it's lovely and i'm glad you're not going to change it Brittany should definitely change yes her, she so. should it's just brit with some numbers i'm like come on girl Except you could like, do better the, the risk of changing it seems kind of annoying like the stuff that will break or potentially break I don't know. I feel like unless your name is Goat Lover sixty nine sixty nine, like I don't know that you. I don't know. That's where my head went. <laughs> I've been playing too much Assassin's Creed. Okay. Uh- <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about now too. Um, you know, uh, unless it's something like that, it's something really egregious. Like I, you probably don't need to change it. I paid to change my Xbox ID. Yeah, but Xbox's ID system is designed to be paid, like designed for it. Whereas this is a weird hack job. Are you saying that you're worried that if people pay or if people change their uh, PSN ID, that it's going to break something? They've already said that it might. Oh, they did? Yeah, it was like, this may not work for all games. 
This will work for like the majority of the bigger games that we have prepared for this, but because of the way PlayStation ID works, it the game might not like recognize who you are and we it might they never said how it would break, but they're always they said like something funky might happen with it and you might need to revert back to your old name anyway. Wow, I didn't realize yeah, that. I mean, the they post. did have this whole like uh snafu this week with the PSN messages. Um we didn't really talk about that because they are they've already fixed it. But there was this weird bug where if you got this uh message sent to you on PlayStation messages and you opened it on your console, it would kind of artificially brick your console and I say that kind of with air quotes because there was a really easy fix for it. Um, that people didn't realize right away until it started happening to lots of people. And then customer service was like, oh, oh, this is weird. We actually have a really easy fix for this. And then they pushed a hot fix. So you probably noticed you had a PlayStation system update this week. That I was haven't turned my PlayStation on yet. Uh, well, once you do, you'll have to do a system update. And it's, it's a hot fix to fix this message thing that happened this Got week. Um, but I guess I guess that's true. You know, like they're going to... Have some issues. So maybe don't. Maybe just keep your bad PSN name forever. (laughs) No, again, if it's really bad, you know, change it. But I mean, if it's just like something you're you're meh on, I probably wouldn't bother. Okay. Don't bother. (laughs) I did did see someone when I was in the tower um, earlier today in Destiny. I saw someone named DJ Bacon Bits. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I really like that name. That's a good name. I love running across a really fun... um, (laughs) Really fun gamer tags. Um, before we go to the first break, because it is it is a long first segment, um, I want to just quickly mention this game that I saw. So it's a new mobile game that lets you hang out with the Breakfast Club and Saved by the Bell characters. And I'm bringing this up because I love 80s and 90s um, pop culture. Yeah, um, It's called... So it's from Universal Games. And they're testing a new mobile game that lets players interact with their favorite characters from movies and television shows like The Breakfast Club, Saved by the Bell, and Law and Order, randomly. Uh, Um, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this write-up is also on Variety. um, Developed in collaboration with Endless Entertainment, Series Your Story Universe. Uh, It says in parentheses, a title in a desperate need of a colon. Oh my (laughs) god. Um, is an interactive storytelling app that features new content inspired by NBC Universal's portfolio of film and television properties. Players can create and customize an avatar and star in original authentic storylines alongside Saved by the Bells, Zach and Kelly, The Breakfast Club's John Bender and Claire Standish, and more. Like many interactive stories, it features player decisions that impact the narrative. Universal Games said it will add new episodes on a regular basis. Um... There's a quote here from the executive vice president of Games and Digital, Chris Heatherly. Um, features a mix of captivating genres from across Universal's film and TV properties, from romance to comedy and drama to reality TV. Uh, the game is currently available for a limited time on Google Play for testing purposes. It's live in Canada right now, and Universal Games are told Variety that it will launch in the U.S. and Australia by Friday, so today. Um, it's expected to launch on both Android and iOS early 2019 was when the full game will launch with episodes on Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, Saved by the Bell, The Breakfast Club, and Law and Order. Um, Wait, regular Law and Order or Law and Order or SVU? I think it's just Law and Order oh, regular because yeah. Law and Order SVU in a mobile game seems Ooh, like it's yeah, I guess that's not true. the right call. Um, 
they added a line here saying, here's hoping for episodes where you pull off a heist with the blacklist Red Reddington and visit the good place with Arizona <gasps> trash bag Eleanor Shellstrop. Dude, I love the good place. Um, but th- I thought it was interesting because I just obviously say by the bell. Duh. Yes. Um, and their library is so vast. Like the possibilities are pretty exciting as to what this could be if it works out. So basically like they have some screenshots in the ad or in the ad in the story here, um, which basically looks like uh, you have, so they have the two characters mocked up on screen. Um, they're obviously animated, but they look a lot like they're on screen replicas. So it looks like for, wait, is it like Club uncanny it- Valley? No. Okay. It, it very clearly looks drawn. Ah, okay. Right? But, it, it, like, Molly Ringwald looks like Claire, right? Oh, okay, like, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It lo- you can tell that it's her, that it's her likeness, that it's not, like, a like a fake version. It's not, like, a stylized character. version. No, it's not like Telltale Games Game of Thrones on Candy Valley, Got which it. was really bad. That was really weird. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, Kelly Kapowski, you know, looks great um ac slater dimples i'm into it slater Um, so they are on screen together these two characters there's like a text bubble at the top um and then at the bottom so they have here claire saying will it last past this weekend and then on the bottom there's an option let's sit together at lunch let's keep this a secret so it's like a oh you you choose one see i Um, can date in video games i should do this yeah, so you can check it out. So we'll have to see if we can get our hands on a test version of this. But I just wanted to mention this because I thought it sounded like a really fun little game um, with some properties that I enjoy. <laughs> um, all right, so that's going to do it for the news for this week. We have some hands-on impressions to talk to you about after this short break. So stick with us, everybody. We will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's segment two of the What's Good Games podcast. This is where we talk to you about what we've been playing. And this week's episode of, well, this week's segment of Hands On is brought to you by the whatsgoodgames.com merch store. If you guys have never visited our merch store, which is powered by Teespring, we've got lots of amazing items in there. Um, We've got leggings. We've got socks. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts and mugs. Oh, my. All kinds of cool stuff. Um, We're going to be uh, bringing back our holiday apparel, which we really loved from last year. That's going to be making its appearance in the store very soon. Um, But if you guys have never checked it out, it's a great way to rep your love for everything we do here at What's Good Games. Uh, We love seeing photos that you guys send in of you wearing your What's Good Games gear uh, when we do our meetups at trade shows or conventions and we see you guys on the street in it. It brings a warmness to our cold, dead hearts. Uh, Um, Yours yours is fine. (laughs) It's just mine. (laughs) It's just Tyra's cold dead heart. Um, so if you guys are interested at all in checking out some of our amazing gear and merch, you can head on over to our merch page at whatsgoodgames.com. 
You can also go to teespring.com slash stores slash what's good games. Um, or you can go to any of our social media channels and check that out. And if you guys are watching the video at youtube.com slash what's good games, just below the video, there is a tray of uh, our merch items that you can choose from. And it'll take you to a, a wider selection. So uh, check it out. Hope you guys uh, enjoy. So... Thanks so much. Now it's time to talk about video games. So I'm happy to see, Steimer, that you've been playing Celeste. Well, what, did you, um, so what do you think so far? I, I've already played it before. I took it with me. I talked with Brittany about this last week, but obviously you were not here. Or maybe it was the week before. I don't remember. Time is weird. But um, I, I had my Switch with me when I was house-sitting for some friends, and... I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it and like play Celeste again. And Andrea said she did it on normal. So I'm going to do it on normal and I'm not going to like, I'm not going to drop it down. And I hated, hated it. I didn't hate it. <laughs> well, let me refine. Let me refine. I, it, here's the weird part. Maybe you can explain this to me since you've played most of it at this point. Sometimes yeah, I it now. when you complete a screen, or, you know, like you when you move to the next one, it saves and like then your your progress is done. But sometimes it doesn't. So I True. there was like this really long segment where I'm trying to get down and I've like gone through two screens and I'm on the third screen. God knows if there's another one after it. And I fucking die. And then I have to go all the way back to like the top screen. And I'm just like, what? I don't understand those segments because to me it's different. And I don't like it when games switch it up on you. Like If you're going to have a certain save checkpoint system, it needs to be clear to me in this type of video game. Uh, so did you have, do you have any insight as to why that is? Um, that's, I mean, it's, it's prevalent throughout the whole game. Um, there is later on, there's some kind of an indicator as to like when you have cleared a checkpoint. Um, but yeah, there's just certain sections that are multi room checkpoints versus just a single screen. And it's just, it's just brutal. It's hard. And just when you get to the end, you screw up something and you have to go back. And then you've practiced the front so many times. You're like, I've got this. But because it's so pixel perfect precision in that game, you could screw up the beginning that you've done a hundred times. My total death count for that game was just over 2,100 deaths. Oh, yep. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, so what is going to happen with this, uh, because I, my sense of pride is too strong and I won't drop it down, um, is I'm bringing my Switch with me to San Francisco next week and I'm going to hand it off to Brittany and close my eyes and she's going to do some fiddling with it and then I'm going to take it back and start playing this game again uh, and pretend like that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, I believe in you. I believe that you can do it. I don't I have the patience. You had to pass that whatever section you're on. I, it's not even a matter of like, can I do it? It is to me, it feels it's too, it's too time consuming and I have too much to do to make this little progress. Uh, so that's more if, if again, if I was Joe Schmo living on my couch, I don't know why I'd just be living on a couch, but maybe. Um, and <laughs> if, if this was the only game I had for quite a while, like maybe you can only afford to buy a couple games a year, like most people. Um, mm -hmm. and I had had it for a while to sustain me. Sure. Play it on normal. I'm sure I could do it. I have no issue with that. But when you're like, I need to play this in a specific amount of time. That's when I lose my mind. 
and I just I can't handle it with especially with these kinds of games because I'm like because like you said I'm like I'm so good at these first two screens like so far like I just nailing it left and right this goddamn last one can't I make it past it once and then there's another stupid screen and then I want to die and it makes me think of Ori in the Blind Forest where those those chase scenes at the quote-unquote bosses and the only time that I ever threw a controller but into a pillow so that's you know yeah, and the cha- the chase sequences in Celeste are brutal yeah so um, um, so that's what's happening with me and Celeste because I really like the concept of this game I like like the story of what's happening in it but the gameplay makes me want to die. That's fair. Um, I didn't drop it down until the very, very, very end of the game. So I got to the top of the mountain. And in the end section, it gets so difficult that there's a, there's a checkpoint flag system where it counts down. You can see these little flags. That you When you pass a section, you hit a flag. And then that'll be like your checkpoint um, I got to the flag number 10 and like it counts down. So I had 10 more checkpoints to go before I, before I got to the end and I just could not do it anymore. And so I broke down and I put on infinite lives, invincibility and infinite stamina. So I turned all the lovers on. I was like, you Wait, know what? What does infinite lives do? Well, like you can't die. So like when you fall into like a pit, you just bounce. She just bounces. Like you can't, there's, there's no dying at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. In the assist, yeah, the assist mode is really well done in that game. Um, And then you can get infinite jumps. So you can just keep, um, keep on jumping, jumping. You just keep jumping. I wonder how fast Um, I can beat it if I turn everything on. I mean, you can definitely go a lot faster, right? Because you can you can hit all of the surfaces that have like the spiky things on yep. them. You can you can climb on those. Um, so it's basically like you're just invincible. You still do have to do some platforming and yeah, some jumping <laughs> to get through. Um, obviously, but it's so it's not like a complete cakewalk, but it's pretty easy uh, because those last sections, like I was scratching my head. Being like, I don't know how to do this without dying. Like, I just kept trying over and over and over again. I did this one. I did this one flag uh, at the top of the mountain probably seventy five times, and I was like, "What am I doing wrong?" And because I was on a plane, I like couldn't look up like a walkthrough. <laughs> um, and so I was like, "You know what? I've made it really far. I'm really proud of myself for making it almost to the end." on normal but i got to flag 10 and i was like okay i'm fucking done <laughs> you know what this. flag 10 <laughs> this is it for you you and me and once you get to the end and you see how difficult the last part of the mountain is uh you'll understand what i mean but i just like at that point i was so pot committed not only to the game itself but to the story and wanting to see how the how the story resolved and ended that um i was just like i have to make it to the end and so yes um you could say that I caved, but I'm proud I got as Yay, far as you I did. You did really well because I'm still like on the second part of the mountain and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, again, like hats off to the that design team for really making something incredible. And, um, you know, we're getting geared up to be voting once again in the Game Awards. And I'm excited to nominate Celeste for for quite a few things. So, um 
I don't think we've announced that yet, but um, we did get permission from the Game Awards to publicly say that we are uh, a voting um, outlet, and we will uh, be making an appearance there um, in December, on December 6th, when the Game Awards are happening, which is very exciting. So, uh, yeah, anyway, Celeste... Bring it. Yes. We'll, uh, I'm, I'll see yeah, where you're I'm bringing at. my we'll, switch we'll, we'll, and then we'll I'll just through. give it to you guys and be like, oh, wow, weird. <laughs> the game's so cool yeah. now. Huh? It's the best. Just wait till you get to the hotel. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> which is after the we're right now. Um, so after I finished Celeste, um, I started playing Bad North uh, on my switch, which is a game that I got to see, I think, at GDC from Raw Fury uh, earlier this year, back in March when we were there. Um, do you know anything about Bad North? I do not. Tell me all the things. I will tell you the things. So um, as I mentioned in the news segment, it's coming first to PC on Discord. Um, but they released on Switch. Uh, what's cool about this game is that it kind of scratches my tower defense itch, but also has like a real-time strategy element to it. So um, they call the game. So it's developed by a small team called Plausible Concept published by Raw Fury. They call it a minimalist real-time tactics rogue light with Vikings. Um, so if any of that interests you, it's um, it's top down and what you do is you, you each of the stages is this tiny little island and the islands um, can be flat or they can have multiple levels. And then you rotate the island around, kind of like a Captain Toad treasure tracker, you know, where you kind of rotate the the level. Did you ever play I've that I've never game? played that, so no. Okay. But I, can, I well, understand what rotation means, so I Yeah, so <laughs> I um, that. you can kind of spin the island around to kind of um, select the squares on the island to where you can send your troops. And so you start out with uh, two kinds of troops, and then you can upgrade and add more troop captains as you go along and these Viking ships will f- sail in and land at a certain part of your Island. And then you, of course you have to send your troops there to block them so they don't get to your little houses. And with uh, the less damage you take, the more coins you earn. And then you use those coins to upgrade your troops. And so they have guys with the long pole spears. They've got archers. They've got guys with shields and swords um, and a variety of, you know, your typical, um, military troops. slash yeah exactly uh what's kind of cool about it is it's got a really neat simplistic art style you can kind of zoom out and see everything that's happening you can kind of zoom in and see the little guys fighting each other up close which i like and it um is permadeath so what's interesting oh. is if you have a captain that you've been upgrading and you have you know a a infantry unit that they've been overseeing if you don't manage them correctly and they die on the battlefield they're gone i'm pretty Dead. sure that's the same as uh, valkyria chronicles does the same that sounds right does the same thing yeah um and it's it's neat because i love tower defense but the stakes are higher so it's got it gives you a little bit more pressure because you can't if you screw it up and you've dropped a lot of resources into upgrading this particular leader you know into giving them like a special item or a special ability yep then you've lost it and so i think that that kind of really puts an emphasis on the strategic part of this game 
And I've been really enjoying my time with it. Um, I've been playing it from time to time on my Switch. And it's a really neat little game. It's also available on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 if you guys are interested in playing on that. And they are anticipating an iOS and an Android release, but they say it's TBD. This game would be perfect on my phone. So I'm definitely looking forward to playing this. Um on my uh, on my iPhone once that iOS release comes out. But if you guys are looking for something, you know, kind of um, semi-relaxing, but also has some strategic elements and and really does kind of scratch that tower defense itch nicely, uh, check out Bad North from, uh, from Raw Fury, plausible concept. But I also have been playing what I've been wearing. I got my awesome Cade 6 t-shirt on. Yeah, um, double guns. So you can't you can't quite see it all, but there it's got the the looks big. Like, um, it looks like he's in a spade. He is oh. right because that's his symbol, the spade, and his gun is the ace of spades. Oh, um, I actually didn't know any of that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, cage, I didn't pay attention. On the cage chest, he's got the spade mark on him. Honest to God, um, never noticed. Never noticed. Never noticed. Oh, Steimer. I mean, but yeah. So observation I, skills get a zero out of ten there. I think this was like a suggested T-shirt in a facebook ad and i was like scrolling through facebook and like it was like check out this t-shirt and i was like hey i like this t-shirt i like that t-shirt click and it came in like 20 different colors i was like this is definitely bootleg and oh yeah there's that all but i'm still buying it (laughs) bungie gonna get Um, mad at you now it's fine they make plenty of money um also i buy silver on the regular they're good um (laughs) destiny 2's forsaken festival of the lost is happening right now that is their annual halloween event where you put on masks and run around and do stuff and this year they've added i think a, a nice little chunk of content there is a quest line with amanda halliday who is the the ship lady at the tower uh, she is a pilot, yes. She also sells ship shipwright. I don't know what her actual title is. Um, I just remember her from it, the the cutscene. Yeah, she um has a little bit more of a oh my god! I just googled Amanda Halliday and like a bunch of people who are actually named Amanda Halliday came up. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> like real like real Amanda is in the world. Oh, I'm so sorry, Amanda Halliday, whoever you are in real life. <laughs> Yeah, she is considered a shipwright. Um, so she's hosting Festival of the Lost this year, and she kind of uh, kickstarts your quest, where gives you a helmet, and then you go into the haunted forest to earn Ooh. yet another in-game currency to buy uh, new masks. This sounds from her. familiar. Yeah, so um, it's kind of cool that they've added some content. This is one of the free updates. So I found in my first like hour and change playing in it, it was all like super low level and really easy. I'm kind of confused as to why when Destiny clearly doubled down on their hardcore community, and it seems that everyone's very happy about that, that they would make continue to make content for people who only own vanilla destiny 2 um, and don't own the expansions and make this available to them because are they playing do they even bother logging in if they haven't played any of the expansions why would they just randomly log in for festival of the lost um wait are you arguing that they should lock it 
No, I'm not arguing they should lock it. I'm arguing that they should make the that they should raise the the difficulty level. Oh, okay. I don't think it should be like raid status because I got into a whole fight about that on Fire Team chat. Um, but I mean, like when I go to Amanda Halliday, like the stuff that you can get from her is like level two hundred. You should and, like, at least f- be able to like have different tiers of this stuff. Like you should right? be able to select. And be yes. like, I, I'm whatever. I don't know. Call it something different on each one, and it will give you a certain type of gear. Right. Exactly. This, that's my point. Is that like the first the first quest step is like recommended light level two hundred, and I'm like, lol, lol. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do wonder. Like that has to be for intended for people who maybe. Oh no, because you would just boost. I was gonna say people who maybe like picked up. The most recent Forsaken? expansion. Yeah. Yeah. But, you would boost but, up you would boost then, up to level thirty. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was like, well, never mind, halfway through that thought. But um I don't I I don't know, man. <laughs> You're yeah. right. I don't I know don't, why I don't know if anyone light level two hundred is logging back into this game. They're the spoilers, they're not. Yeah. Um <laughs> they're definitely not. Um so that aside, um, it's just another fun thing to do. I haven't even come close to finishing the forsaken content that's available i know a lot of people in the what's good guardians are still grinding toward light level 600 i haven't checked out the raid yet still lots more to do there um i just love how they decorate the tower that's like one of my favorite parts about these um holiday events and looking forward to the festival of um festival of the dawning i think it is no what's the, the holiday at christmas um, I don't know. Remember what the Christmas one is called? Um, somebody is listening to this, screaming it over there out, out loud right now, being like, "Andrea, this is what it's called." Festival? No. Um, holiday festival. <laughs> Destiny. Festival Destiny. Google, don't fail me now. There's no way um, Google could fail you here. This seems pretty no. standard. Yeah, it's it's just all coming up. Festival of the Lost. Damn it, SEO. <laughs> Solstice. Ah, no, right? that's the summer one. The Solstice. Yeah, of I, Heroes. I think it is the dawning. I don't remember. Yeah, the dawning holiday event that starts in December. Got it. Yeah, I was right the first time. I you were. You should have trusted yourself. Ugh. Anyway, um, I've been enjoying that, but let's be honest, it's been taking a backseat to my new bay, Cassandra. Cassandra's so cool. Oh my gosh. So you are about 20 hours in? You yes. Think? I am about to hit level 20, I think. Nice. Yeah. Do you Are you using any boosts? No. Me neither. Regular ass grinding. <laughs> Not regular ass grinding, although um, I have done a little bit of that as well. <laughs> it's interesting to me that you're about 20 hours in and you're about to hit level 20 because I'm 40 hours in and I just hit level 27. Hmm. So it slows down a little bit. Yeah, that, <laughs> to I say mean, the least. Sure. I, yeah, I mean, I've definitely noticed that it's slowed down. Like, I feel like the first few levels obviously came fairly quickly and now it's at a more average pace that I would say. Um, I haven't. I haven't felt too badly about it. I definitely, but I feel like I've heard a lot of people saying uh, that it felt a little too grindy, even um, in the mid-teens, I suppose. But I didn't really feel that a lot. 
I was the appropriate level for a lot of the story stuff. I did do a lot of side things, but I was also interested in those side things. I didn't feel like, oh man, I gotta go do this shit. Although I'm sure I'll feel that eventually. I, I'm that's a completely valid thing that happens. You fatigue out at a certain point. And you're like, I just want to finish yeah. this story. But yeah, I mean, and I, I'm with you there. That I've actually this is the first time in a game like this that I've actually said no to some of the side quests yep. that have been like, I don't want to help you. No, <laughs> kind of like do your chores on your own. Cause generally I'll say yes to everything in a game like this, just to like have the quest if I want to complete it someday. But there's been some narrative reasons why I've said no to a couple of people like, no, nah, I'm not going to help you. It's been really interesting that way that I feel like the balance has been really well done so far, kind of enticing me to do side content, but also pulling me back to the story. I haven't been this enraptured in an Assassin's Creed main storyline probably since Ezio. Hmm. And that's been a while. Yeah. It was we a haven't time seen ago. Ezio since Revelations. What I um, find funny slash stupid is... Um, the I just don't even know why they bother having the real world element at this point anymore. Like, does anybody care? Because yes, yes, I, yes, but, a lot of people care. But you a get lot of diehard Assassin's of Creed fans care. Legitimately, <laughs> it like kicks you out for a second. Oh, your vitals are crashing, and you get out of the thing only to walk around, maybe read some emails if you want to, and then get back in the thing. Like, I was just like, what is even the point of this legitimately five minute segment? Maybe if you are super into the lore, it's fun and exciting, but I just thought it was stupid and annoying. I was like, stop interrupting me. I'm doing a thing. So there are obviously plenty of people who are in your camp who believe, as you do, that the modern day storylines are a waste of time, which is why Ubisoft has minimized them with each iteration of the Assassin's Creed franchise. But then I would argue However, why have them all. That, no, they can't, they can't take them away because it would like do some really terrible things to the canon of Assassin's Creed that you kind of need that like that that thread that connective thread to tie it all together because otherwise the overarching lore of the franchise would fall apart. So Man. I think that they're doing a nice job of balancing that. <gasps> well, Steimer, how many Assassin's Creeds have you played? I've finished any. You've never finished one. No. Okay, so I'm kind of going to pull. No, you totally can. I'm just back saying, like, <laughs> to me, I think if you minimize it to that level, I wonder what the point of it is. If you are making this a section that I walk around for two minutes in, don't do anything gameplay-wise. Literally just go back to the Animus. I, right. it, it, to me, feels like a waste of time. Because that's the, that's the, like I said, like that's the thing that connects all of the Assassin's Creed games together, right? Like if you look at everything that they've done over the course of the franchise from Altair and Ezio and the, and the brother and sister and, and, you know, Arno and Edward and everybody, like the thing that connects them together is the modern day storyline with Abstergo. And if they didn't have that in there, 
it would be really tough to find a narrative justification for constantly moving the setting and the protagonist in Assassin's Creed. Except it's just fucking fun, okay? People want to play a fun <laughs> video game. <laughs> they do. You're not you're not wrong. But but I think it has I, to it has to be there. I think the main part that rubbed me the wrong way was legitimately like, "Oh my god, your vitals are crashing. You need a break." And me being like, "Oh, they'll probably do a little a little segment here." And then me being out of it for like 2 seconds. And then going back and like, there's no way my vitals have recovered in this amount of time. Like, I'm well, still I mean, very much in danger here. The doctor does try to discourage you from going back in right away. But there's nothing to do. Did you walk around and look at all of the Easter eggs? Yeah, it was fine. There was a little rabbit there. Did you read Did you read the emails and listen to the recordings? I read like a couple emails and then it was like, nah. Ah, Steimer. <laughs> I don't care about this bullshit. Okay, it's fine. You don't have to care. But here's what I'm saying. It's there because there is a giant portion of the Assassin's Creed fan base that cares. That's why it's there. But they, what they have tried to do is say, hey, have you never played an Assassin's Creed before? And Assassin's Creed Odyssey is your first. We're going to make this part as painless as possible so that we're servicing the people who have been with the franchise since the beginning and will appreciate it. It's fan service while also saying, hey, we're not going to force you into fan service. We're going to make it out here on the side and we're going to let you sift through these emails and listen to these recordings if you want to, if you're into that. Yeah, but I will say it, they, they did the it just felt it felt odd and it felt unnecessary to me as someone who's not. An Assassin's Creed main, if you will. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I see the point. At least, I guess it's what they, what they have to do. I yes. suppose. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like how she gave you a a warning, like, "Hey, did you check everything out you wanted to? You're going to be with Cassandra for a while." Yeah, and I was like, "Good, get me back <laughs> in there. I got yeah. people to bang in this game." Yeah, oh my gosh. I'm banging so many people. How many of you? I've done four, I think. Yeah, I think I've banged like six or seven people. Nice. There was only one person that I didn't pursue. Mm. I think it was Odessa because like the quest line that went for it, I just got so annoyed by the end of it. I was like, nah, bitch, I'm good. Yeah, no, <laughs> I only, I only slept with her because I felt like i had already invested <laughs> and i was like you know what? like i went and got this thing uh, i went and killed yeah, this dude i did a lot of things i may as well get some sort of thing out of this at some point yeah um and then i slept with an old lady that was more for shits and gigs did than you sleep else. with the blacksmith the blacksmith I don't think he, I, it's a it's a side yes. quest, and then and then you like later find out that he is something to somebody, and it's really funny. Maybe no, I, no. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the doctor. I slept with the doctor. I have not slept okay. with the. You will have to text me later and tell me where this blacksmith is. Okay, it's a funny little side quest. Um, there's so much great humor in this game. I'm really just loving how the writing team has finally hit this nice stride where they're balancing some some really funny material with obviously some really heavy material at the same time. Yeah. And it's been really interesting kind of seeing where they're taking the story 
And I would love to do, obviously, a spoiler cast on this someday when we all finish it because there are multiple endings to the game. Oh, really? Um, depending on, yeah, depending on how, how you played some things out, apparently. Um, obviously, I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm trying not to mainline it too much because I want to savor it a little bit. But the story gets so good with each new um, iteration that happens, each new major uh, discovery that I just like I'm I'm drawn to only do the main path line. But like there's just so much content and the map is I'm not going to lie, a little overwhelming. No, the map um, is way better than uh, an, uh, Origins. Origins, you look at and go, holy God. This one I look at and go, that's a lot of islands, but islands are small. I can do this. Uh, and I also think that what I appreciate most of all about this Assassin's Creed is that I feel the most freedom I ever have in an Assassin's Creed game. I would argue even in Origins... I always felt like someone was on my ass. Like, there's always some fucking... I forget what they called them in that game. Falakis. Yeah. Always one of those motherfuckers was chasing me. And I was like, can you not? Can you just chill? No? Great. I will run away from you forever. For the entirety of this game. And then I... uh, Like, you're, like, going on your horse from point A to point B. And it's like, oh, you shouldn't have run over that person. And, like, he was in the way. And I'm also... This horse is on autopilot. You programmed this horse to run over this man. Like, why are you yelling at me as if I did a thing? I didn't do anything. I wasn't even touching the controller. That was on you, Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Yeah, I do love how they changed that about the NPCs, how, like, you can hit NPCs by accident and now you don't get dinged for it. It'll just up your your bounty level um, if other people see it happen. And I have not had any shame with paying off my bounty on the regular. I'm like, I don't want to deal with these mercenaries right now. Pay, pay all bounties. Yeah. I've, I've also gone and found like the sponsors and just killed them. And that, that's always nice. Uh, so it's actually kind of interesting in that sense, just seeing, seeing the mercenaries wandering around the world and they don't come after you if you don't have a price on your head. So you're just like chilling in Athens and there's like a dude on a horse. And I'm like, one day you may come after me, but today is not that day. We will. I will yeah. leave you for now, sir. I've got other things to do. Um, but I, the only thing I don't quite, I feel like having a mer- the mercenary list that they do and the uh, other list. I don't. Can I just say it? I don't know. Like it's sort of spoilery, but like you always you're list? always after someone in Assassin's Creed. It's kind of the yeah. kind of the shtick. Um, so the people you are after killing the cult here. Uh, also has their own screen eventually once you unlock that uh, and i'm just like okay this is just a lot of people to track i'm kind of ignoring the mercenaries obviously but yeah it, it, the mercenaries i'm like listen when i come across you in the world i'll deal with you then i'm not gonna hunt i'm not gonna no, hunt you down like that seems like such a waste of effort <laughs> like, yeah i did have a point where i was looking at all of the different systems in odyssey and going is this verging on monster hunter levels of too many systems because i remember when i was playing monster hunter world earlier this year and it's it's a it's a very typical thing with for the monster hunter franchise just to have way too much stuff happening and too many conflicting systems that you have to learn and i was like is odyssey doing too much and it's it's a question that I think is is kind of fascinating to discuss because on one hand, I think it's fantastic that they've 
put so much into this world that a gamer could spend $60 on this game and get hundreds of hours of gameplay out of it. And then on the other hand, I'm like, hot damn, that's just too much stuff to do. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I'm like, I totally, and I, and I will say for the most part, I think they have struck a decent balance in terms of like, yes, there's a giant mercenary list there, but you don't really have to touch it. Like you can kind of just leave it alone unless you're looking for more things to do. Um, so, but I will say as somebody like, it is always just a little bit annoying to have a giant to-do list. Right. And like knowing there's no way you could really complete it. You're yeah. just like, Oh man, it's a little bit stressful actually. And that I think is the thing that's kind of currently getting me where I'm like, it feels overwhelming sometimes, but then I try to just ignore that and just be like, well, what do I want to do right now? What, what which one of these missions sounds intriguing? Okay. I'll just go do this thing. And like that, yeah. you just kind of have to, Focus on small portions at a time. Otherwise, if you look at the larger picture, I think you will nope out of it. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, I and and like what I thought was really interesting is that they kind of gate things in a weird way. Like, so there's this one branch of the cult that I was trying to go after. I'm um, trying to kill everybody in that specific branch, and so I was looking at the clues and trying to figure out where these people were. Um, and I just couldn't find the right clues. I thought I was in the right spot and talking to the right person. And it's like, just continue your journey. And I'm like, okay, I guess all will be revealed to me when it happens. And, um, there's just so many places that I see on the map that my level allows me to go and check out now that I just, I'm like, I haven't gotten a story reason to go over there yet. Should I just go over there and see what's happening or... Do I continue with the story? And it's been a while since an open world game has really made me feel like I can kind of do whatever I want. It really reminded me of Elder Scrolls in that way. And that's really different for the Assassin's Creed franchise to kind of give you this giant open world and say, here are all of these different areas. And sometimes the main storyline is going to bring you there. But other times it's just going to be there. And you're going to have to go find out what's there and by just by going to explore it. And that's been something that's been a really nice change of pace for the Assassin's Creed franchise. And I know that there's been some people out there that have made criticisms that this version, this iteration, Odyssey, is not feeling like a traditional Assassin's Creed. And to that, I would say, I think you're wrong. Because while I think it's amazing that they've added in all these open world RPG mechanics that you know, they obviously started in Origins and have further expanded here. There's so much of the game that reminds me of old Assassin's Creed games that I love. Like, there'll be sections where I'm running across rooftops in a city that reminds me so much of the Italian settings of Assassin's Creed. Or there'll be times when I go into a fort without properly preparing or maybe I go in a little too guns blazing or I'm doing my stealth really terribly and then there's like 10 dudes who are all trying to fight me and I'm like overwhelmed you just and I away. have to just run and I'm like I remember doing that in literally every Assassin's Creed I've ever played and there's just some really nice moments I'm in particular I'm so glad that they brought back so many of the hooded style 
pieces of armor Mm -hmm. in the gear that was really missing in Origins. I like how they obviously have very true, authentic um, Grecan things with with Sparta and the Athenians. But I also like how I can find things that look very like I'm wearing assassin's robes. Yeah, I have some assassin's gloves right now, which I like a lot. But this actually is a good segue into the only the only real issue I have with this game is that they've done so beautifully on so many elements, but I feel like they've kind of missed the mark with gear in the sense that you have like this RPG ish light, whatever sort of style game going on, but, and they know that they have really cool pieces in here, but I also feel like I am not able to make my character look the way I want her to look because I can't transmute in a traditional way. Um, So if you don't know what the hell transmuting is, uh, essentially it means you are, putting the looks of a piece of gear onto the stats of another gear. It's very common in MMOs and and games like that so that you can have, even if you like the look of this level one piece of shit gear, you can still have that look on your epic armor if you want to. And that's kind of what I'm running into right now. I want the piece of shit gear from, it's like a blue, it's nothing special, but it does like this cool war paint thing and I like the top a lot. But I can't use it because I have legendary items that have such better stats. That even you it- will find that hunter torso. I know that you're talking about because yeah. I finally found it. You'll find it in blue and potentially in purple as well. Later on, I in have it in blue. I need it. Uh, I oh, need. Like- you'll find it in purple then. Okay. But still, um, like- I I found one in purple. Oh, you did. I did. Yeah. Like you bought it or you. Like no, no, I just like dropped. Drop. It's just like dropped from a guy that I I killed. See, but the point, like, I want an easy way to find that, right? Or I want an easy way to be able to do that. The easiest way to do that is to just be like, you can transmute items, uh, because they sort of, they like almost hit the mark, right? They're just so close because they allow you to <laughs> upgrade your shitty items to be a, the, the level that you are. However, that doesn't change the rarity of the item, and that's really kind yeah. of the issue. Is I want my piece of shit blue gear to have the stats of like a yellow or a purple well i don't want to be like have patience but there will be times because i felt the same way there was a crown that i found that i loved that was that's a just like a regular gray crown um and i finally found a vendor who has a purple one that i just don't have enough resources to buy and i have to grind out to go get the resources um because uh, I can't find because it takes the orichelium ore. Oh that god, special, that's so annoying. Yeah, and I'm just like, so the guy who sells the stuff with the special blue ore has this crown, but that's and it's like timed. That's limited. Yes, you gotta move. Yes, it is. <laughs> I know. I got six days to collect enough ore to go buy this thing. Um, and I did spend some real world money on some helix credits. Yes. I bought Pegasus. Pegasus. Um, which I which I love. I did. I think we were talking about it in the pre-show mm-hmm. how I was a little disappointed that even though the Pegasus skin looks really cool, I want him to have like an effect on his feet. The way the unicorn skin has like the rainbow effect when the when when the when your Phobos runs. Um, so I was kind of disappointed in that, but uh, the wings are cool, and the way that the wings spread when you like jump off of edges is really cool. Um, I've been taking a lot of photos in photo mode with Pegasus, which is really fun. Yeah, I I do think it's a missed opportunity. I, I understand why they didn't do it because it would require extra programming. So you get a pass. But they should have allowed Pegasus to like glide down. Like if you jump to off fly. a cliff. Yeah. Just glide, man. 
Just do it. Like you're not, you're not actively flying. You will never get higher than the point you ever were. But if you could just right. like have a nice gentle glide on down a mountain, that'd be really fun. Yeah, kind of like uh, like the Zelda, like the Zelda glider. Right. Yeah, like a Zelda maybe glider, not that, like whatever. Yeah, not that intense, but yeah, you just yeah, I'm with you. It would have been it would have been nice to have like some kind of better nod to the wings. But I also did buy the spent a Spartan Renegade armor set, which it looks I, cool. It looks like God of War, oh, which I like. It does. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I put it on and I was like, this this is Kratos's this is Kratos's uniform. His chains, He's yeah. It's got the one shoulder holster. It's got the wraps around your forearms with the chains. It looks so badass. I love it. So I've just been spending all of my resources on upgrading that epic armor set because when you wear the whole set together, it gives you a 50% crit bonus. Holy shit. Yeah, when you wear all five pieces. Um, but so it's it's really badass. The one thing they missed on that is the war paint from the shitty blue armor. Put the war yeah. paint from the shitty blue armor on this on this set, and I will buy that in an instant. I will give you my money. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm with you. I really like the war paint too. I wish they had had more more um, cosmetic uh, like uh, like paint yeah. or you know facial cosmetics in some of the other gear, um, but. Um, they don't, at least so far, you know, I have to obviously anticipate that they're going to add more things to the store. Um, I got some questions earlier in the week um, when I was hosting on Games Daily about some of the microtransactions. Obviously, I was gone when the game launched and all that like little microtransaction drama happened with people being upset about them. Oh, was there drama? I missed it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always drama around microtransactions. It doesn't matter if they're in a single player or a PvP game. It's... Here's the thing about Assassin's Creed and the microtransactions. The boost is 100% unnecessary. I'm not using the boost at all. Never had the desire for it. John is playing. He bought the boost because he was like, fuck it. I want the boost. I want to go through fast. And he's leveling like crazy because it's a 50% boost. He got the Drachme and the XP boost, the the combo. Oh, wow. So he gets 50% Wait, more. Is that a permanent or is it a timed? It's a permanent boost. Whoa. Yeah. So it's, I think it's 1,500 Helix credits, um, and then it gives you How a permanent much is that in XP real money? boost. I think it's a little less than $20. Oh, I think it's okay. like 15 bucks or something like sure. that. Um, And it gives you this permanent boost uh, forever on your playthrough. And what I read from some people was that it was too much and that they felt like they over-leveled mm. and that they wish they hadn't they wish Kind they of hadn't ruins done the game, it. yeah. Um, and so I, I would say, I guess, if you're toying with the idea, maybe have a save, create a save point before you activate the boost. So that way, maybe you can go back to that save point. I'm not sure. But then how would that work with that the money works? that you just spent? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that would work, actually. Yeah. Maybe don't buy it if you're on the fence about it because you don't need it. Yeah, you Save don't. the money for cosmetic stuff, like cool like cool horses and, and stuff. Here's the... Oh, so you were gone. I bitched about this with Brittany. Uh, I'm upset that currently I'm hoping that they will change it. The only way to get a female crew is to have Ubisoft club, the club. And mm. the thing is that I had it from a long time ago, but I never synced it with origins or I didn't mm -hmm. sync it in time or something. Cause I have zero points, even though it has a list of all of the things that I've done in origins on one side, it says I've earned nothing on their like club points for it. So, and I'm like, hmm. that seems like 
not a maybe real it's thing. just a glitch have you tried reaching out to their customer service and being like hey i clearly like did all this stuff but i don't have my ubisoft club points. i have not because i'm i it's not like a it's not, <laughs> it's not high on my priority list but okay. I, I was just kind of like scratching my head and yeah uh, because i'd already earned this is when i was i think like 10 ish hours into odyssey and i had already earned i think almost like a decent amount i can't remember the number off the top of my head i don't want to misquote it but like a decent amount of points in club because i then synced it properly for that one and but i think you need three thousand points or some shit in in order to get the badge that allows you to get the female assassin's crew and i'm like if you already went through the trouble of vo- of having those voiceovers of having this female crew come and like sing all of the shanties again let me buy one <laughs> like just let me yeah give no you i'm with you i mean as somebody who has a shit ton of ubisoft club points because i play a lot of their games um like i loved that i was able to unlock it right away as, as like a hey for people who are loyal to ubisoft games this, this is a really cool reward but i'm with you that like they should have more than one because there's like six different dude crew themes right and there's like one ladies theme i'm totally down with the with the og assassins that can be a club like i get it totally take it fine but like give me generic girls i don't care i'll take yeah i'll take generic girls right i'm with you i i think that they're they absolutely should and i have to imagine that they're going to add more crew themes um in the coming weeks or months uh maybe something i can reach out to the ac team about and ask them you know if the, is this something you're planning to do because yeah the i i tweeted about it you know early on in my playthrough how amazing it was to be playing as cassandra um and to be the captain of a ship and i both of my lieutenants at the time were both females as well mm-hmm. yeah I do and too. then i had this all female assassins crew and it was really awesome just to be like really barnabas was the only one on the on the ship that was a dude (laughs) yep um and now you i've got a couple other i've got a couple other lieutenants who are dudes because i feel like all of the pole marks um that i meet at the military camp so i try to recruit because they generally are a legendary uh, or sometimes an epic uh lieutenant if you recruit some of the high level dudes but Always try to recruit mercenaries if you can. Uh, pro tip. Don't oh. kill the mercenaries. I like to uh, murder people, though. I mean, murdering them is fun sometimes. Obviously, it's a very stabby game, and it's great. <laughs> but um, it's worth it's worth it to knock them out with the Sparta kick and then try to recruit them because they usually have really good stats. I don't even have for- a Sparta kick. I have not put any points Unlocked. into that. Girl, the Sparta kick is is one of the best abilities in the game. I really because like it, the throw it's my shield spear breaking. And... It stuns. You mean the assassin spear when you're fuck yeah when you're in hiding? Yeah, yeah that's great too. You can have both. I know. I just I keep upgrading the um the things that I have to try and make them even more powerful. So because I like I like stealthing from the bushes and just like stabbing dudes to death. But obviously, the higher level dudes that have more health. You can't one hit kill. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, unless you keep upgrading that shit, and then I think one day I will be able to, and that will be great. Well, you're gonna hit a. We're gonna hit a wall that I've hit. I did with hit a wall, the, and then I with the with the Leonidas spear cleared yeah. it. Yeah, now I have to. Now I hit another wall. Yeah, like, so that that wall gets more brutal with each level. 
So I'm now at a point where I can't upgrade some of my other abilities until I upgrade the spear. And upgrading like the, the spear requires dead people. And those people are not easy, easy to, to find. Kill. So it's, it's, they're yeah. easy to they're fine to kill. They're hard to find. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, um I could talk on and on and on about this game, and I probably will next week as well. Obviously, we're going to have Red Dead Redemption 2 right around the corner, so we'll hopefully be talking about that um, next week. And then um, we've got Call of Duty that I still want to jump into and talk to you guys about. I will play. Their... I want to play zombies with you. Yes, I'm so in. Let's do it. It'll be fun. Um, I I've heard nothing but fantastic things from all of my friends that are currently playing. It's just that time of year where we've got to pick and choose. We've got so much great stuff to play and we've got even more great games um, coming down the pipeline. So uh, I look forward to these long hands-on segments for the next, uh, really the next couple of months, the foreseeable future. It's going to be epic. I do want to let you guys know I've been holding on to my impressions uh, from TGS. I got the opportunity to play the new Claire demo of Resident Evil 2. Uh, the embargo lifted while I was in Italy. Um, I talked to Brett about maybe recording something and sending it in. And because of the time zones, we were never able to uh, to sync up. So I'm going to wait until she's back to talk about this because it seems only fitting. Yeah, she would be <laughs> upset if this happened without yeah. her. Um, so look forward to that next week. Um, we will be back. Um, all three of us. Um, oh my God. That's like the first time in five weeks, four weeks. I haven't seen you since PAX. Yeah. Wait, oh my gosh. Wait, what? But you and I did it. <laughs> you and I did the Andrew and Steimer show in September. Yes. We did one show with just us. Then it was Brittany. Then it was you then it was britney i don't know i get confused but it feels like it's been legitimately ages since the three of us were on the show well i want everybody to know that we are thinking about recording the show on thursday next week when we're all in town together so yes. that would affect the pre-show oh live God. stream get out of here bug we're going to we're going to call a we're going to call an audible on that next week. So, as always, patrons, please uh, keep your eyes peeled for notifications and emails from us. Um, this has been a great show. Uh, we are going to um, not do a segment three this week um, because it is just uh, me and Steimer. Already, we're almost at the two hour mark. Um, but we love you guys and love that you are part of the show. As always, we appreciate your support in any way that you can give it. If it means going to iTunes and leaving us a rating and a review, we would love that. If it means subscribing to us on YouTube or on your favorite podcast service or on Spotify, um, really wherever we are, uh, we appreciate the support. It really helps us out so much more than you know. And I know we talk about it a lot on the show, but we could not do the show every week without your guys' support. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing you some great content next weekend. I'm not going to rehash everything I said at the top of the show, but um, we've got uh, the Lights Off stream. We've got the Happy Hour Q&A. And we've got our TwitchCon appearance meet and greet in the debut of our um, setup episode. It's going to be great. And we hope that you guys have a fantastic week in yourself playing some video games. Until next time. We'll see you soon. Bye, everybody.